Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. We are an Acts 2.42 community, a family on a mission to bring the life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you're ready to hear what God has to say to you today through his word and by his spirit. So we're in this series, We Believe. Uh, we're looking at the Apostles' Creed. Uh, we remind ourselves that we don't believe in the creed, we believe in the Bible. But the Bible, the, the, the creed reflects the Bible. If you remember a couple of weeks ago when I shared on one of the other statements of the creed, I reminded us that um, as, as the moon reflects the glory of the sun, the creed reflects the glory of the Bible. The, the creed in itself doesn't have truth, it reflects the truth of Scripture. And so as we read the creed this evening, we're grateful for it. We're grateful for those that went before us, that formulated it. It helps us to understand what our fundamentals are, what we believe, but also um, it helps us to steer away from error because these particular truths are fundamental to what we believe. And so I'm going to read the creed to us and then we're going to jump into what we're going to emphasize this evening. So the creed is this, I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the church. I believe in the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. This evening we're looking at the line that says, I believe in the Holy Spirit. I remind us this evening that the Trinity that we um, hold to, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, is not a hierarchy. It doesn't go Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It goes Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This evening we believe that all members of the Trinity are coexistent, co-eternal, and co-equal. We believe that God eternally exists in three persons who are in complete unity. That's what we believe. We believe that the Holy Spirit is co-equal with the Father and the Son, but each has a different emphasis. There is no hierarchy, they're weaved together. Even as far back as creation, we see the Trinity working together to bring the heavens and earth into into being. We see the Father speaking things into existence. We see in John chapter 1, it tells us, That nothing was made that has been made unless it was made through the Son, who is Jesus. And the Bible describes in those early verses of Genesis as there was chaos across the waters. The Bible says that the Spirit of God hovered over the waters and brought perfection to the creation that was made. We see that when Jesus was baptised... We see the Father affirming the Son. We see Jesus walking in obedience and we see the Holy Spirit empowering Jesus to go and do the ministry and the mission that he'd been called to do. We see the Father, Son and Holy Spirit working together. So this evening, we 
talk about the Holy Spirit. Francis Chan, he wrote an interesting book about the Holy Spirit. He called it The Forgotten God. And the forgotten God being someone or the person of the Trinity that is often in church circles not talked about or someone who people are nervous about. Maybe because of particular experiences that people have seen or human excess of the Holy Spirit. But for whatever reason, there seems to be a sense that, well, we don't really know much about the Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit is unpredictable. The Holy Spirit is a person, not an it. The Holy Spirit guides us. The Holy Spirit can be grieved. The Holy Spirit can be lied to. The Holy Spirit encourages. He listens. The Holy Spirit teaches. The Holy Spirit reminds. Also, the Holy Spirit, and we will be reminded of this this evening, the Holy Spirit gives us the power to live the Christian life that Jesus calls us into. We will see later that Jesus says these wonderful words in John chapter 14, where Jesus says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will not leave you alone. And if there was one message that I, wanted, that I would want you to take away this evening, it is that sense that the Holy Spirit is God's presence for us in order that we can live this life that Jesus has called us into. He doesn't want you and me to struggle in following him. He's given us the Holy Spirit. And if we can know what it is to prioritize him, to listen to him, to invite him more and more into our lives, I believe that we can experience the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives to live the life that Jesus calls us into. Jesus said in Acts chapter 1, he said, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Listen, the Holy Spirit is just as powerful today as he was 2,000 years ago. I think what, what it is, church, is we need to reposition our hearts and our priority towards him. There is a sense that when Jesus said that the Holy Spirit was a gift, there is, there is that, that expectation really on us to be asking him for the, for the Holy Spirit. And I believe that we can be reminded about that this evening. The Holy Spirit does so much. The Holy Spirit illuminates scripture to us. Ever had that situation where you've, you've read a Bible passage like 25 times? Or maybe a thousand times if you've been following Jesus a long time, yeah? And then all of a sudden you're reading it one day and it, and, and it just makes sense or God speaks to you through it. Okay, that's not your human wisdom. That's the Holy Spirit illuminating scripture to you. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is all-powerful because he is God. The Holy Spirit is present everywhere. Jesus actually said to his disciples in John 16, he said, listen, chaps, it's better for me to go away because if I go away, I can send you the Holy Spirit. And whereas Jesus in his humanity was limited to one space at one time, the Holy Spirit has no such limitation on him. The Holy Spirit in his kindness, he illuminates sin in our lives. Not that we would walk in condemnation, but that we, that we would run to the Father for forgiveness. The Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. The Holy Spirit can give us joy as believers. The Holy Spirit 
gives us new life. When we are born again of the Spirit, when we're, that means what, when we're born again from above, it's the Holy Spirit that is operating in that transaction of new birth. The Holy Spirit is all over the Scriptures. I mean, all over the Scriptures. And the church has no power without the Holy Spirit. We're a limp church without the Holy Spirit. Okay? We don't need to be a limp church. We can know, you and I can know, and many of you know this and you've experienced this in your lives, we can know what it is to live our lives in the power of the Spirit, okay? That doesn't mean we walk down Tesco blowing over people, all right? It doesn't mean we kind of slap hands on every other person we see. It means that we have a sensitivity and an openness to the person and the power of God working through our lives every day. And I believe that if we're intentional in it, it's something that can bring in incredible spiritual faith and encouragement that will just enable us to see more of a heavenly perspective than maybe what we see at the moment. There's a London preacher called Charles Spurgeon. He obviously had an accent like me. He, he, was, um, he was a Baptist preacher around in the 1800s. He had a church of 10,000 people at the Elephant and Castle. And Charles Spurgeon said, without the Spirit of God... We can do nothing. We are as ships without wind. We are useless. A.W. Tozer said this about the Holy Spirit and the church. He said, if the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we do would go on and no one would know the difference. If the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from the New Testament church, 95% of what it did would stop and everyone would know the difference. The Holy Spirit makes the difference. And we don't talk about the Holy Spirit this evening because our church, you might not know this, it's not something that we talk about a lot, but we're an Assemblies of God church. We're part of the Assemblies of God denomination, the biggest Pentecostal denomination in the world. And, and this week, Assemblies of God in, U, in the UK celebrated 100 years. On the 1st of February... In um, 1924, 100 years ago, in Aston, Birmingham, there were 26 congregations that came together. And they came together because the mainstream church was not interested in the work of the Holy Spirit. Those that, those that operated in the gifts of the Spirit or um, emphasized the particular gift of tongues... Or, to, or believed that the Holy Spirit had a work to do today in the church, they were ostracized, they were sidelined, they were put out of the church. And so Assemblies of God was born. But that's not the reason I talked to us this evening about the, the Assemblies, of, about Pentecostalism or the, or the Holy Spirit. I talked to us about it this evening because there have been some great theologians over the years that have had some great views about this. But as with everything, Life Church. We have to go back to the scriptures. What does the Bible say? Like, what does the Bible say about the Holy Spirit? And Jesus had a lot to say about the Holy Spirit because Jesus understood that as he fulfilled his mission on the earth, in order for the church to carry on the proclamation of the gospel and to be effective followers of Jesus, they could not do it in their own strength. They could not do it just because they were simply good people. They could only do it 
if they were people that knew what it was to experience the baptism and the filling of the Holy Spirit. In John 14, I'm going to read some verses from John 14, Jesus begins to speak to his disciples about the Holy Spirit. And uh, there are some things that Jesus says that I want to emphasize to us this evening. Now, I'm under no illusion that we can crack the Holy Spirit thing in the next 20 minutes, yeah? Never going to happen, all right? Never going to happen. But my hope this evening is that as we, again, talk about the, we believe in the Holy Spirit, that's what the Creed says. I'm hoping this evening, through the, the brief words that I say, that there'll be a sense, a reminder that, yes, we believe in the Holy Spirit. So what does that mean for us this week as we live our lives? I just, my, my hope this evening is that I just give you a reminder a taste and a flavour. If the Holy Spirit is going to do a, a, a work in your life or my life, it's something that will be undertaken in those moments of us being with him. Much of um, enjoying a deeper walk with the Holy Spirit is really about us yielding and surrendering our lives to him. It's about, as John the Baptist put it like this, as he said, um, I will baptize you with water, but he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist had the right attitude. He said, oh Lord, that you would become more and I would become less. And as I've been reading a book called Reese Howe's Intercessor, just talks about his journey and how the Holy Spirit dealt with him. It was a constant journey for Reese of him becoming less and the Holy Spirit becoming more, about his agenda becoming less and the agenda of God becoming more. And listen, Life Church this evening, for all of us tonight, like we can go as far with the Holy Spirit as we want to go. There's, there's no limitation. It's not about how clever you are. It's not how much of the Bible you know. It's about how much of our lives are we willing to yield to Him in order that He would work His purposes out on the earth through people like you and me. How much will we invite the person of the Holy Spirit to partner with us as we live our lives? So Jesus says these words in John 14, verse 15. Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. Jesus says these words. He says, if you love me, keep my commands and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you, to be with you. Other words for advocate are comforter or encourager, someone who comes alongside to help you and to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Before long the world will not see you anymore, but you will see me because I live you will also live. On that day you will realize that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father. And listen to this phrase here. And I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas said, but Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not the world? Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. The Father will love them and will come to them 
and make, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. Last couple of verses. All this I have spoken to you while with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. There are three, there are three things that I believe the Holy Spirit can teach us and show us as we follow him. The first thing I want to say to us this evening is that I believe in the Holy Spirit, your presence in me. Your presence in me. I'll say that phrase again and you say it after me. Your presence in me. Your presence in me. Your presence in me. What that does as followers of Jesus, that gives us an assurance that we are sons and daughters of the King. There's a certainty and a confidence. Jesus said such kind, reassuring words to his disciples in a moment of great challenge, knowing that they would be scattered and fearful. And for us this evening, in those moments of darkness in our lives, I want us to remember the words of, that Jesus speaks at this time to his disciples I believe that knowing his presence in us in those moments of darkness can be a great assurance to us. It can give us that sense of confidence that even though we might feel down and we might feel darkness and we might feel that things are going against us, there is that sense that as we remind ourselves about the things that Jesus says here, there's an assurance that as followers of Christ, we understand that as believers, God lives in us by his spirit. And if God lives in us by his spirit, if that is a fact, even when our feelings tell us that we are surrounded by darkness, we can hold to that. There are three statements that Jesus says at the start of this that gives them assurance. First of all, Jesus says that I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. Like Jesus says that. How good is that? Like when you're having a really bad day, and when you are, and I say this gently because I understand that for some people this is their experience. I'm not just talking about a bad day. When you are in depression and things are dark, so much so that you've had to find medication from a doctor, and sometimes that is appropriate and good to do as well. When you're in those moments... I want us to remember the words of Jesus where he says that I will send a comforter, a helper to come alongside you. And listen, Life Church tonight, you can also be that to other people around you. If the Spirit of God lives in you, and I believe if you love Jesus, if you're following him, if you're seeking to submit yourself to him, his Spirit lives in you. And so there's a comfort and an encouragement that can come from you. And it's not because you're a nice person or it's not because you can say nice things. It's because the Holy Spirit lives in you. And so when your brother or sister is in a difficult place, by the Spirit, you can bring encouragement to them. Jesus was saying to them literally this. Listen, chaps, okay? Holy Spirit 
is a replacement for my presence. Okay? Jesus was going and he was sending the Holy Spirit. And that is available to all of us this evening. The second thing is he says to them, the Holy Spirit lives in you, verse 7, 17, the Holy Spirit lives in you and he will be in you. He was saying to them, like, you will never be alone. And we live on the other side of that verse, Jesus saying he's with you and he will be in you. We live on the other side of the Holy Spirit being given to the church. And so we can say that he lives with us and he lives in us. And then Jesus says such a kind thing. In verse 18, he says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will not leave you as fatherless children. He says, you can entrust your future to me. You are never alone. Paul reminds the church and he says to them, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? There's an assurance, a confidence, and a consistency of God's presence in his people because of the person of the Holy Spirit. In Colossians 1.27, Paul expresses it like this, Christ in us, the hope of glory. That's why we have this hope, because Christ lives in us by his Holy Spirit. That is the reality, and that is what Jesus says to his disciples. So, I believe in the Holy Spirit, your presence in me, which brings assurance. I also believe in the Holy Spirit, your person through me. Your person through me. I'll say it again then, please say it after me. Your person through me. And this talks to me about the holiness of God in us. And I'll say it again, yes, I did say that. The holiness of God in us. God living through his people. You see, Life Church. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. Like the Holy Spirit could have been called like anything he wanted to be called. But that was the name that was given to him, the Holy Spirit. That means he's holy. He's holy, but yet he chooses to come and to live in us. And it's really interesting in John 14 that Jesus talks a lot as he talks about the Holy Spirit, he also talks about his love language, which is obedience. Holy Spirit, obedience. Holy Spirit, obedience. Holy Spirit, obedience. You see it weave through the verses that we read together. Verse 15, if you love me, keep my commands. Verse 21, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. Verse 23, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them, and listen to this, and we will make our home with them. We will make our home with them. Now, I was reflecting on, this is probably like, as I've been preparing this preach for you tonight, this was the thing that has impacted me the most. Just that phrase, that we will make our home with him. Heard that phrase, you ever heard that before? I feel really at home with you. So you go to someone's house and they make you a Victoria sponge and a milky cup of tea. Like the fire's roaring. 
You're surrounded by like-minded people. There's not a scouser in the room, yeah? All right. Yeah, okay. No offence to the Liverpool fans. But you know what I mean? You're just really, you're just, you know, you're just really at ease and you feel comfortable and you're happy to be there because you know you're with your people and you know that no one's going to say anything to offend you, no one's going to do anything weird. Like, you can just relax and be yourself. I really feel at home with you. And then I began to think about what Jesus says in these words, that we will make our home with him. And I just felt, I just said, Lord, I'm so sorry. There are, there are often times when I, I'm doing things or seeing things or saying things where really, I don't think you're really at home with me because like you are the Holy Spirit. You're the Holy Spirit. So like, you know, Lucas might ha- have his bar of holiness like Nick David's bar of holiness is here, yeah? Mine's definitely here. It's higher. All right. I don't want you to think I'm like as bad as Nick. All right. Okay. But we're talking about the Holy Spirit being at home with us. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. You know, in Peter, where, in, in the book of Peter, where Peter says these words, he says, Be holy as God is holy. Like such a high bar. Now listen. You know, it's not about us feeling bad or someone beating us with a stick because we're not good enough. It's simply understanding what that verse means. That the Holy Spirit, when he lives in us, he wants to work through us and he wants to make his home with us. And so if his home is with us, then I just think there are certain things that we can't consume. Like I can't watch whatever I want on social media if the Holy Spirit is going to make his home with me. I can't have, like, unforgiveness in my heart. How can the Holy Spirit find a home with me if I've got unforgiveness in my heart towards someone, yeah? Like, I, 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 if, if the Holy Spirit's going to make his home with me, then I need to have, like, a good attitude and a good spirit towards people. As Jesus was saying those words, if you love me, keep my commands... Like, I'm sure it didn't escape the disciples that in the previous chapter, in John 13, Jesus said, A new command I give to you, that as I have loved you, that's as Jesus loves us, we, have, we are supposed to love one another. Now listen, you can't do that unless it's by the Holy Spirit. It's impossible. You can't love your brothers and sisters the same way as Jesus loves you, even if you're a great person, an eternal optimist, yeah? There's a sense that we can only really love like that if we know what it is to have the Holy Spirit come and make his home with us. And listen, tonight I say that to you, not from the point of view that you're not good enough, yeah? You are good enough because of what Jesus has done for you. The Bible says that God sees you as he sees his son. You have the righteousness of Jesus upon you, yeah? So, We're not good enough, but we are good enough because of what Jesus has done, okay? I want us to see it from the point of view that Jesus, that the the Holy Spirit wants to make his home with us as his followers. Like he wants to do it, that's his desire. We haven't got to make him do it, he's going to do it. But as he takes residence in our lives, let that that just help us to, um, just to, be careful about what we do, that, that we would have that, just that sense that, wow, the Holy Spirit 
is making his home with me. And that means the Holy Spirit comes into your home. And the Holy Spirit sees the most intimate thoughts that you have. And he sees what happens behind doors that no one else sees. Like the Holy Spirit sees that. And so let's, let's just have that sense where we just, just celebrate the fact that Holy Spirit, you're at home with me here. Thank you, yeah? And if that means that we have to adjust our behavior, so be it. We respond to the, 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 the words that Peter says in 1.16, that just as he who calls you is holy, so be holy in all you do. And the Lord will help us to do that. So question, okay, is the Holy Spirit at home with you? Has he made his home with you? Are you comfortable with his holy presence in your daily activities? Because he wants to make his home with you. That's why Jesus said that in John 14. He wasn't a carrot. He was dangling in front of his disciples. He was just saying, hey, listen, Holy Spirit's moving in. Get your house in order so that it's a great stay. And have that sense also in your hearts and in your lives that you just say, Lord, Holy Spirit, search me. If there are things that I need to change, just prompt me. I'm open to that. And it's, again, just to finish this off now, there, there, it, there's no accident that Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit in John 14. In John 15, he talks abiding, remaining. That's what it means. We haven't got time to go into that, but that's what it means. If you read John 15, Jesus talks about what it is to remain and to abide in the vine. Yeah, And then in, in John 16, he goes back to talking about the Holy Spirit again. Like That abiding chapter about the vine is intertwined between Jesus' teaching in John 14 and Jesus' teaching in John 16 on the Holy Spirit. It's kind of all one sermon. And then... Finally, we believe in the Holy Spirit because it's your power filling me. Your power filling me. I'll say it now. Your power filling me. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Your power filling me. So we we have your presence in me. We have your person through me. And we have your power filling me. Listen, there is... There is so much that we could talk about with the Holy Spirit, yeah? Like, we are literally scratching the surface tonight. And there's a period between Easter Sunday and Pentecost, seven weeks later at the end of May, where we're going to particularly emphasize Jesus' teaching on the Holy Spirit in, and particularly what happens in Acts chapter 1 and chapter 2. But, but just to say that the, Jesus says in Acts 1 verse 8, but you will receive Holy Spirit but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit was active in your conversion. The Holy Spirit did a work there. But that isn't the only work that the Holy Spirit wants to do in you. I believe that there there are moments where we can be filled with the Spirit, where there's a particular moment where we're, we're baptized in the Spirit, But then there are also moments in our lives where we continually being filled with the Spirit. And I I want us to understand this evening the broadness of what the Holy Spirit wants to do. To not be be disrespectful to the Holy Spirit, but the, the Holy Spirit is really like a toolkit. There's so much to him. There's the fruits of the Spirit. There's the gifts of the Spirit. There's the power of the Spirit. 
There's all the stuff that we talked about this evening to do with the Holy Spirit, Him filling us, His presence, Him working through us. There's, there's an, an array of, um, of attributes to the Holy Spirit that we can explore. But John the Baptist said that I will baptize you with water for repentance, but he who comes after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Last words that Jesus spoke to his disciples at the end of Luke's gospel was, stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Or stay in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. And so there's three things that I want us to reflect on now as we spend some time just worshipping and listening and um, just seeing what it is that God might want to say to us individually about his Holy Spirit. There's three things. First of all, I want to say to us this evening, Life Church, whatever your experience has been of the Holy Spirit in your life, there is more. There is more. Whether you think you're a raving Pentecostal who's known what it is to swing from the chandeliers or whether whether some of what I said this evening is a surprise to you as talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit okay whatever your experience is this evening I want to say to you that there is more and uh, Paul as he wrote to the church he said to them be being filled with the Spirit and there are moments in Acts 8 Acts 10 Acts 19 where the Holy Spirit comes on people and the result is that they receive the Holy Spirit some of them, the Bible says, prophesied, some of them spoke in tongues, and some of them brought praise and praise and worship to God, yeah? All three of those happened as people were filled with the Holy Spirit. Last verse of scripture tonight, Jesus said this about the Holy Spirit in Luke 11. He said, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Tonight, I would encourage you to say um, to yourself and to one another, there is more. There is more of the Holy Spirit for you to encounter and to enjoy and to receive. Okay, Don't let your preconceptions guide your hunger for more. I would encourage you to position yourself in such a way for these next months that you just just say, Lord, yeah, there is more. I would encourage you to ask, just to ask the Holy Spirit. Ask the Lord Jesus to give you the gift of the Holy Spirit in increasing measure in your life. And also to activate that as well. To activate that, maybe um, if, you, if you've never spoken in tongues before, maybe to ask the Lord for that gift, to activate that, to actively seek that. For others of us, the Holy Spirit, us being filled with the Holy Spirit might manifest itself in other ways, okay? I would, I would not be as bold as to say how the Holy Spirit will work or manifest in Himself in your life, okay? That's something for you and the Holy Spirit to work through. But I would just encourage us all this evening, Lord, there is more. Lord, I'm coming asking. And Lord, I just want to activate whatever it is that you have for me as I seek you for more of your Holy Spirit. We've come to the end of this week's message. We hope you've been impacted and inspired. 
please keep up to date with everything that's happening by visiting our website at www.lifechurchwarrington.com. <laughs>